Welcome to First Baptist Church of Terrytown, sharing God's love and hope around the world. Our prayer is that your life is transformed as you hear the Word of God preached today. Hey, my name's James. When, uh, you know, my brother and I, along with my brother John, we used to be known as the Sons of, of, of Thunder. The Sons of Thunder, they used to call us. <laughs> Actually, we were the Sons of Zebedee. But, uh, you know, my father, he had this fishing business. And he was born when the Rome occupied Israel. And so he didn't have a lot of good opportunities. But in the midst of those opportunities that he did have, he started a fishing business. And he grew it. And as this fishing business grew, he was able to hire employees. But don't get me wrong, even though his business started to grow, my dad does not believe in nepotism. So he made us work just as hard as the rest of the workers around us. And you know what? I guess some of his employees, they didn't like a bunch of, you know, forward-thinking, entrepreneurial young men. So as we would go out there and we'd work hard to be good fishermen, they would call us the sons of thunder. (laughs) My dad, my dad used to say, James, John, The world belongs to the bold. And we believed them. And let me tell you something. I watched my dad, and my dad loved and followed God. And as he loved and followed God, God blessed his fishing business. So the way I see it, if I follow God, you know what? Once in a while, he's going to give me what I want, right? So anyways, about two years ago, my brother John and I were out fishing when this Jesus came by. And Jesus told us to come on and follow him. And let me tell you, I saw my father follow God. God blessed his fishing business. So I thought this man who people were saying was the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, I thought, man, if I follow him, maybe he'll bless me here in Israel, right? (laughs) So I said, sure. So I started following him. But don't get me wrong. After two years of following Jesus, I don't still understand him at all. He does all this weird stuff, and I don't get it. I mean, look, I've seen him perform miracles. I've seen him cast out demons. I've seen him perform wonders. I've heard him preach. You've never heard somebody preach like this before. It was amazing. But I didn't get him. For example, just recently, Jesus, all the disciples, we were on our way to Jerusalem. All of us were traveling. The 12 disciples, the men, the women, the young and the old, this whole group of disciples were traveling down to Jerusalem. And on the way, Jesus is casting out demons. He's healing the sick. He's making the blind to see. And he's getting into all these tough theological arguments with people, right? He's arguing with them, and he always wins. He was gentle about it, but he would always win. And so he's in the midst of all this stuff happening and all the crowds coming around. And while we're watching this, all of a sudden, these little um, brats, they just start running towards Jesus. And me and the other disciples, we know what to do exactly. We start shooing those kids away. Jesus doesn't have time for little kids. He's bringing in the kingdom of heaven. So I grabbed one of the ankle biters off of Jesus, and I tossed him into the dirt. Oh, what? I was gentle. Anyways... So I grabbed another one of the little rug rats, and as I grabbed him, and he's squirming around, all of a sudden, Jesus yells at us. And Jesus said, stop. Put the children down. Do not prevent the little children from coming to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to ones like this. Okay, Jesus, plunk, you're the boss. 
You see what I mean? Weird. Who wants a kingdom filled with kids? Who has time for that? Who has energy for that? It didn't make no sense. Anyways, I'm over here. I'm angry. I'm frustrated because Jesus just yelled at me publicly. And I'm all angry. But then all of a sudden, the crowd begins to part. And there's a man coming through. And then I'm like, no way, as I see the guy get closer. And you know what? As he got closer, it was him. Everybody knew who this man was. Everybody knew who he was. All the 12 disciples, the men disciples, the women disciples, the old, the young disciples, everyone knew who it was. You want to know who it was? It was Raphael ben Rubin. Raphael ben Rubin. What do you mean you never heard of Raphael ben Rubin? He's the most popular person in all of Israel. I mean, this guy was rich and influential. And you know what? He loves God too. And he, not just like with lip service. This guy loved God. And he helped the poor. And he built synagogue after synagogue. He even helps finance major projects over at the temple of God in Jerusalem. This guy was amazing. And you know, as he served God with what God gave him, God increased his, his wealth and his property and gave him cattle and sheep. Everyone wanted to be him. He was about my age, Raphael Ben Rubin. Everybody loved him. Everybody thought he was the most incredible, amazing person in the world. And as he's coming up to Jesus, he's smiling. And I know that, look, I'm like, he wants to join up with us disciples. And then, you know what? Even though Jesus had just yelled at me, I don't even care anymore. I'm excited. Do you know how that would help our ministry if someone like Raphael Ben Rubin comes over and joins to our group, you know the influence we would have? Do you know the money that we would have? <laughs> First thing we're doing with all that money is we're buying donkeys. Donkey, donkey, donkey. We're all riding on donkeys. No more of this walking from place to place anymore. We're, walk we're going on the donkeys in luxury. <laughs> so Raphael comes up to Jesus. He's all smiling and happy. And he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? <laughs> and if anyone deserved eternal life, it was Raphael ben Rubin. He was the best Israel had to offer, the best in the world. And Jesus said, why do you talk about what's good? Only God is good. But if you want to inherit life, follow the commands. And Raphael ben Rubin says, which ones? And then Jesus says, now, <clears throat> don't quote me on this, okay? If you're going to quote anyone, quote that Matthew disciple, right? That guy used to be a tax collector, and those people, they remember everything. Anyways, Jesus says something along the lines of, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Raphael ben Rubin goes, I have kept all of these. <laughs> now, I can tell all of you right here, right now, I have not kept all of these. <laughs> and if my brother John or Peter said that they have kept all of them, I will call them a liar to their face out loud in public. But coming from Jesus, coming from Raphael ben Rubin, coming from him, yeah. I would believe it. 
He was the best of the best that Israel had to offer. Jesus, of course, says to him, one thing you still lack, sell all of your possessions, give to the poor, and then come, follow me. You see what I mean? Him saying weird stuff? What do you mean sell all your stuff and give to the poor? Raphael Ben Rubin helped the poor. He helped the poor better than the poor could help themselves. Hello? That's why they're poor. And I don't know, give all the money to the poor? I could think of a few better places that he could spend that money. Maybe give it to the disciples or maybe give it to the ministry of the Messiah. Right? Hello? I'm frustrated now. Now I'm angry again, right? I've seen this before. Jesus says something weird or difficult, and then the person he's talking to, they get into a fight with him, and it's like this whole verbal brawl, right? So I'm like, okay, this is it. Raphael Ben Rubin's not going to join us, but, uh, you know, at least I get to see a good fight, right? (laughs) But Raphael Ben Rubin, he just stood there, and he looked to the ground. And he was looking to the ground for so long, I thought there was something down there. So I, like, looked down. No, there's nothing. And then, as he's staring at the ground, I hear a sniffle. I hear a whimper. He began to cry. And I'm not just talking like misty-eyed. He began crying like his mama just died. And then he's there trying to get it together, trying to say something, but he can't. So he just turns around and runs back into the crowd. And I think I heard him say, I can't, I can't. Now, a number of years ago, before I met Jesus, I had this shirt that I liked, and I got a rip in it. My wife was out of town, and I'm no tailor, but I said, eh, how hard can it be? So I went through all of his stuff, and I found like a sewing kit, right? So I, I took the needle, and I took the thread, and I started trying to thread the, the thread through the eye of the needle. So I'm trying, and about after 100 times, I can't get it, and I realize the end's all frayed. So I lick it, and I keep going at it, and I'm getting frustrated. And as I'm trying to do it more and more, I stab the needle into my thumb, and I'm like, ooh. So then I'm like trying to take it out. I'm like, wait a minute. No, now it's stable, right? So now I'm trying to catch the light at just the right place so I can get the thread through the needle. So I'm like going, and I'm going, and I'm not getting anything, and I'm getting so frustrated. But then it goes in, and I pulled it out because I was trying too hard. I'm like, Ugh. So I'm getting so frustrated. I start going, and I stab my tongue. After about an hour, I gave up. I went into town, found my mom, and had her do it. <laughs> I tell you that story because after Raphael Ben Rubin left crying, Jesus gathered all the disciples together the 12 disciples, the men, the women, the old, the young, all of us together. And he said this He said, I tell you the truth. It is very hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into eternal life. What? Do you know how hard it is to thread a thread through the eye of a needle, let alone a camel? It's impossible. We all looked around, we were stunned. So finally I said, well, then who can be saved? 
If the best that Israel had to offer, the best that the world had to offer can't be saved, then who can be saved? Then who can? And Jesus looked at all of us, and he took time to look into each and every one of our eyes. And he said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. How can anyone enter into the kingdom of heaven? How can anyone be saved if the best the world has to offer can't enter into the kingdom of heaven? Finally, Peter spoke up and he said, Lord, we've given up everything to follow you. What's there going to be for us? And it's true. Matthew had given up an enormous amount of wealth to follow Jesus. Some of us disciples, our parents wanted nothing to do with us. Some of our spouses divorced us. Some of our children didn't even talk to us anymore, all because we'd followed Jesus. Jesus came and he put his arms on Peter and then I think Andrew. And he said, I tell you the truth. In the Messianic age, when the Son of Man sits on his throne in glory, those of you who have followed me will sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And those of you who have lost home, father, mother, brother, sister, or children, for my namesake, will inherit a hundred times more and indeed eternal life. And that was it right there. Follow me. Those of you who follow me, Follow Jesus. Follow the Savior. Follow the Christ. Follow the Messiah. Follow the King, and the King will bring you into his kingdom. How can anyone be saved if they're the best of the best can't enter into the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> anyone can be saved by following Jesus. Anyone can be saved by following Jesus. Look, I still don't understand Jesus fully. I really don't. I'm confused all the time. But I have seen a glimpse of his glory. And that glimpse was more beautiful than all of the sunrises that I would see as a fisherman and all of the moonlight reflected on the waters and all the plants and all the trees and all the flowers and all of creation. Look, I don't understand everything, but I do know that Jesus is good, and he is loving, and he's beautiful, and he is light in this dark world, and that whatever I have lost to follow Jesus or given up along the way, it's worth it. I looked. 
And I, could, I looked around at the other disciples. <laughs> and in that moment, I realized these weren't just other disciples. These were my brothers and sisters, my mothers, my family. <laughs> it's like the kingdom of heaven was right here on earth right now. Look, I don't always get him. I don't always like what he does in my life. I'm going to follow him no matter what. You can be saved. Even when the best this world has to offer can't. By following Jesus. It's worth whatever you have to give up to follow him. You can be saved by following Jesus. And this is where it starts. You first of all need to come to terms with the fact that the Bible tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. After that, God created man in his own image and according to his likeness. And he breathed the breath of life into man. And man became a living soul for the ultimate purpose that man, that God through man will be glorified. He placed man in a garden east of Eden and he gave man a very, very simple test of obedience so that man could express his love out of freedom. He said to man, eat of the fruit of every tree in the garden except the one in the middle. For the day you eat of that fruit, you shall surely die. Man failed the test by eating of the fruit. And man indeed died. He died spiritually, separated from God with the inability to have fellowship with God. And that also resulted in physical death. As a result of Adam's original sin, God passed a verdict on the entire human race. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Therefore, as just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. For all have sinned and keeps on falling short of the glory of God. The Bible even says there is no one righteous. No, not one. Even our righteous deeds, the Bible describes them as Filthy rags for the wages of sin 
It's death. Separation from God in time. And the inability to have fellowship with God. And the thing is this. If you die in your sin, you will be separated from God for all eternity. And the place where you spend eternity apart from God, it's not a nice place. It is called hell, which was not meant for man, but for the devil and his angels. But the truth is, if you live like the devil, you'll end up like the devil. But that's not God's plan for man. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, to a change of mind that will lead to a change of attitude toward God and his solution to the sin problem. Man cannot save himself from sin and its consequence. So God decided to demonstrate his love for man in this way by giving his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. Indeed, he died. The proof that he died was that he was buried. But on the third day, he rose again from the dead. The Bible says, whosoever believes in him, in Jesus, that he is the Son of God, and that he died for your sins on the cross of Calvary. He was buried, and he rose again on the third day. That person will be saved. Everything it takes for our salvation was taken care of by Jesus Christ on the cross. God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting our trespasses against him. Jesus his death on the cross paid the price for our redemption. He finished the work of salvation. That is why he cried, it is finished. Tetelestai, complete, completely complete. Paid in full. All you need to do now is to express faith in Christ for your salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Faith alone in Christ alone, minus nothing, plus nothing. For now is the day of salvation. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank you that we have such a great salvation that you've given us through the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that if there is anyone here who has not chosen in their hearts to follow Jesus, that, Lord, they will acknowledge you on this day. They will have a heart change right now. Father, I pray that if there is someone here that is deciding and feeling the pull from your Holy Spirit to follow after you, that they will acknowledge you publicly and walk up the aisle in just a moment. Because, Father, you said, 
that you will not, not deny your own. Jesus, our great Lord and Savior, so that anyone who acknowledges him before man, you will also, he will also acknowledge before his Father in heaven and the angels in heaven. So Father, I pray for those people here right now who are feeling your spirit to say, yes, I need to follow Jesus. I need to turn away from sin and trust that Jesus died for my sins and rose again. I pray, Lord, that you do a work in their heart right now and you cause them to respond, young and old, all who are here. It's in Jesus Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the church or make an online donation, please visit us at fbctarrytown.org.